Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tell Me What You Really Think. Hi, Tommy. Hi, Lisa. So I want to talk about domestic terrorism today. Yes, that seems to be occurring a lot more. Yeah, it's really, really scary. There used to be a saying, and I'm so bad at saying, so I'm probably going to like get this all wrong. But there used to be a saying something about, you know, don't fear the enemy. The enemy is already here. And I feel like that's the case with domestic terrorism. You know, all but eight states in America experienced at least one incident of domestic terrorism between 2010 and 2021. That's a scary statistic. And how much do you think that domestic terrorism has grown in those 10 years? Twice as large. Yeah, that was going to be my guess as well, because, you know, you hear a lot more about it. Yes. A lot of it is with different hate crimes and so forth. Um, but no, it's grown by 357%. That's, that's just not, that's not even feasible to have that happen. It's horrible. And, you know, it's just like with the other, uh, podcast episode, when we were talking about student loans, I mentioned about how you have to look at the behavior of people that numbers don't say the whole story. You have to look at the behavior and try to figure it out and then stop it from that. Because what people are doing kind of gives you an idea. So, um, you know, a lot of the domestic violence we've been seeing have happened uh, um, after different um, or during different uh, demonstrations. I can believe that. I, I, that would definitely pump the crowd up and get them going into a bad scenario. Yep. And a lot of the victims of this type of uh, domestic terrorism have been uh, people in the government, military, law enforcement agencies, people like that. And it is extremists of all different ideologies who are doing domestic terrorism. So I wanted to bring something up because I know those who are from the right say it's all the people on the left creating all this problem and all the people on the left are saying it's all the people on the right. But I wanted to give you some stats. So in 2022, 58% of uh, most attacks related to demonstrations were conducted by violent far-right perpetrators, including white supremacists, militia members, and anti-government extremists. So in 2020, 58%, so slightly more than half, were done by the far-right. So now, a year later, in 2021, 73% of the attacks were committed by violent far-left individuals, including anarchist, anti-fascist extremists, and violent environmentalists. So they're growing in strength. They're growing in strength, but it shows that, you know, people have to get off this thought that it's one set group of people doing it, one set group of ideology. It's people from both sides, the far right and the far left. These are people who are violent and uh, are extremist. And they're just looking for a way to vent it. Looking for a way to vent it. Um, and in horrible, horrible ways, things that are destructive, things that mean the loss of life, uh, the loss of liberties. It's just, it's, and a lot of it, you know, might have to do with uh, racial justice protests. Some of them were COVID-19 restrictions. Some of them were because of, you know, um, 
with different uh, police activities where people thought that that uh, people of color were being targeted. Mm-hmm. There has been a number of different things that these far right and far left people have have started with these actions. So I think that you know the government has got to look at this that it's not you know because I I have to be honest I am getting so tired of hearing on the news that President Biden says you know, that we have to bring our country together. But then every time something happens, he says, well, it's the Trump people and it's the Republicans, because that doesn't bring people together. Anytime you single out anybody, it doesn't bring people together. And this is actual statistics that show that it's both sides. And it's not the mainstream people who are Republicans or Democrats. It is the far right and the far left, these extremists who uh, are very violent people. And they're pushing their ideas and propaganda through their demonstrations to start them off. It's yeah, and bad stepping stone. And I look at why is that happening? Are people now becoming so polarized that this is happening? And I was thinking, you know, maybe, but even though people are polarized, I don't think people go on the far sides of things. You know, I feel that there will always be people who don't listen to the other side on any issues that they want to bring forward. Um, And I feel that in some ways we've become a less kind nation to each other. And I think we have to learn how to respect each other's differing opinions again. But I don't think it's coming from that. I think it's coming, like they say in the statistic, it's the far sides, the extremist. And the only reason I can think that there is such an increase you know, 358%, I think was the number I said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let me see what it was. Yeah. 357% is because I don't think that people realize that there is any accountability for their actions. Yeah. That seems to be uh, happening more and more that there is no price to pay for anything that you do. Yeah. I feel like, You know, people think because even with COVID-19, when people were going ahead and demonstrating and uh, they went ahead and they broke up the the uh, protests and stuff and some of them became a little bit violent. None of those people saw a day in jail. So it's kind of a joke to them. Some lawyers were arrested for throwing uh, Molotov uh, cocktails at people and into crowds. They should have lost their license because there is a rule about, you know, how you have to behave yourself. And they definitely cross that, but yet nothing happens. So I feel like people do not think that there's any consequences for their actions. No, and it's it's bringing us up in a society that is going to be almost lawless. Like you're never going to be held accountable for anything that you do and that it's okay to do that. And it's not. Yeah. And that's what worries me. You know, I feel like our jails are so full of people with minor penalties, you know, that, and I'm not somebody who's ever done drugs or anything like that, but like having people in jail because they might have a little pot on them or people who are in jail because they committed some minor, you know, white collar offense, where does that really help anybody? It's, you know, a lot of times when you're in jail, you feel like you're treated like an animal. You, you know, learn a lot worse things because sometimes the people in jail and the gangs kind of run the jails. Um, There are no windows in a lot of the county jails. 
So you don't even get any sunlight to be able to really tell, you know, day from night. And they've done so many studies finding out what happens when you're deprived of sunlight. So there's so many things that kind of take away your humanity, which makes you so much worse. And the taxpayers are paying for it. Yet when it comes to people who are on a bigger level, and it seems like, and sometimes they don't think that there is any consequences, nor do they have any consequences. And I actually knew of someone that had gone to jail for not paying child support. When he came out, he was worse than when he went in. He just had no self-respect and he had no more desire to get a job than man of the moon. And he was yeah, working it, and he took him away and put him away in jail. Yeah, I actually know of a few stories like that. There was actually a story on one of the court TVs. This poor man said that he knew he wasn't the kid's father, right? So he stopped paying child support. So they put him in jail. He was in jail for five years until he finally decided to do child support. And um, and so then he started doing it after five years. And he said he's got PTSD from it. But when the boy turned 18, he was really mad because he's like, you know, he never really formed a bond with me. And so this was on court TV. And he said, the reason I didn't try to form a bond with you is because I didn't want to hurt you when you find out I'm not your dad, because I know I'm not your dad. And the kid was like, no, you are. And that's why we're going to do the DNA. And the DNA showed that the guy was not his dad. And do you know what the woman said as soon as that was found? The judge said, do you have any idea who his dad could be? And she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, I hang out with him every day. She goes, I've known since day one. Yet she went ahead and had this poor guy go to jail. Go to jail, took him to court, pays support, and it wasn't even his. Yeah. So I just feel like, one, if we were a little bit more transparent with what the penalties are, if you do an act of domestic terrorism, I think, and also explain what domestic terrorism is, because I think that a lot of people don't understand what the term entails, what it covers. And I think, you know, just like when it came to drugs, you know, they would be like, crack an egg on a, um, a yeah. skillet that was yeah. on a, you know, on a, uh, on the burner. And then you would see a fry and they'd say, this is your brain on drugs. And they would explain about this is what happens when you're on drugs. Well, I think that they should explain, you know, what happens if you commit certain crimes, this is what's going to happen. So that way there is no questioning it because, you know, I've seen so many times in the news where people say, well, yeah, I, you know, I was found guilty of that, but am I going to go home? You know, like well, how long before I get to go home? It just, the gravity of it doesn't, hit them. And I think the other thing is there is so much hate in people. There's so many hate crimes and, you know, hate speech and everything else. And I think, you know, we've tackled the idea about bullying in America. And I think that that was really long overdue, but I really think that we have got to do a better job of tackling hate speech and hate actions and so forth, because that's what then blows into bigger things where people join hate groups and, and again, they feel like, you know, I'm above the law, things are going to happen and, you know, it's going to be fine. And as long as I'm in this group and they got my back, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And then they see it when they're in jail too, when they go to jail, you know, there's all these different hate groups. There is the neo-Nazi groups and, and all the rest. And, you know, so it just goes ahead and reinforces in their head that, yeah, you know, I've got my buddy system, but we really, you know, we've been tackling so many problems and, I think that's great. We're tackling the drug problem, the bullying problem. We really need to do a better job of tackling the hate problem in America 
And I really think that we need to also explain, you know, what entails with domestic terrorist attacks, what are going to be the penalties if you're found guilty of this? Because, you know, my fear is if this has grown 357% in the past 10 years, what's it going to do in the next few years when times get tougher? Because, you know, interest rates are going higher, more people losing jobs, you know, the crime rate, the drug rate, all of that is going up. It's making life in America much harder. When life is harder, people always seem to fill their heart with hate instead of trying to help their fellow man. It's like, what do you do then? You know, like we need to tackle the problem now. Before it gets so out of hand that you can't reverse it. That's my thought because, you know, you hit it right on, on the head when you said, you know, it's going to turn things into chaos and into anarchy. It's like we have got to have where we act as one nation. And, you know, when we're saying about one nation, we're talking about all the people working together. It's just like, you know, how they always say, you know, pay it forward and, you know, yep. oh, you know, look out for your fellow man and so forth. And, you know, it's like it's the same thing. We have got to drill it in people's heads. And it used to be at a time that, you know, people's religion did that. But I think more and more people have gotten away from uh, religion. I've seen so many different religious institutions that, you know, the buildings that have closed of late. Um, and I feel like, you know, because of how hard it is and both parents working all the time and they get home and they're tired, I don't think that sometimes people are getting the time to get the right messages. And because they're on different video games, because they're on TV, we got to think of creative ways to get that message out. You know, like you see all these video games of, you know, war games and everything else. Well, what about a game, you know, where it's, we're doing kind things for people and there's rewards. And maybe it could be tied into when you get to certain levels, you actually get something from like McDonald's or whatever, where you get like a free soda or something, sure. you know, something that they can actually see the reward in real life. And have a little incentive to show you that doing good still is the right way to go. Because I, think, I do believe that we are losing that a lot. We really are. And, you know, I have faith that everybody I've ever seen, you know, deep down in their heart, I know that everybody is good. I just feel like somehow some people lose their way. And some people it gets so compounded that, you know, that it seems like there's no coming back from it. And that once you cross that line, you can't, it can't come back and, and that's a scary place to be because when you have nothing to lose, you get desperate. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I, I welcome anybody's opinions on this because I really feel like this is something that we need to discuss. And I also feel like it's got to be discussed on the political side as well, because, you know, I've seen of late where different people are always saying hate speech to a Republican or a Democrat, even when they're running for office, even when we watch the presidential debates, I have to say I was really disappointed in the presidential debates and seeing how both Biden and Trump had conducted themselves. They didn't conduct themselves as future and current leaders of the nation. They were sparring partners. They were saying insults to each other. And when people see their leaders doing that and that that's acceptable, there's a trickle down effect. And if you have people with, let's say, mental issues um, who are in the wrong groups, that just goes ahead and feeds them. And who knows if that helps them to become extremist. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it shouldn't have been the sideshow that it was because it, it went from being a debate to people who are watching it for the entertainment value. 
Yeah, and it seems like even on social media, you can't put out any thoughts at all without somebody attacking you. And again, these people who are attacking you aren't the domestic terrorists, but it is a level of hate. It's a level of I'm not embracing and respecting the fact that you have a different opinion. And we have to start respecting each other. We have to start being a kinder nation. And we have to start having stiffer laws when it comes to domestic terrorism and letting people know, you know, what will be the penalties if you are engaged in that. And we have got to stop this hate. We have to start funding programs to and you know, software programs and everything else to basically reprogram people's way of thinking. Yes, because if you don't, you're going to develop a whole generation of hateful people. Yeah, which is, it's just horrible to even think about that. Anyway, I'm going to let you go, Tommy. I'll talk to you later. All right, Lise. Thanks for having me.